Haven't sang that song in a while. I like that song. That brings back memories. It brings back memories. In fact, uh, I guess Ted would be your cousin somehow or another, Peyton, if Miss Ruby is your great aunt. Uh, was looking at uh, J.B. Gaither, and he used to preach at number one, Dallin Gallatin, and he preached for a long time and, and uh, uh, saw a, a website, and his, his, his daughter... Ruby Williams um, used to, uh, well, she, she still does. Her, husband, her husband's a deacon in Dixon, Tennessee, and her son is one of the elders at Walnut Street in Dixon. So it was neat to see that connection. I didn't know uh, that. Uh, you said it one time, Brother, Brother Shockley, that everything seems to have a, a Sumner County connection, doesn't it? I mean, just everything you get into in the world Somehow it comes back to Sumner County. I don't know, good or bad. I don't know if that, you know. Um, have you ever used the idiom, I'm all tied up? Well, I can't do that right now. I'm all tied up. Yeah, I'd love to help you, but I'm tied up at work, or I'm tied up at school, or I'm tied up. We've all used that. I tried to trace this idiom back in its history and it was used in the early 1800s at the, at the very first, but that's as far as I got it. The, the source is lost, but the understanding of I'm all tied up is very, very clear. We can certainly see someone literally tied up and, and unable to do what we ask of them to do, can't we? Uh, if you turn in your, in your Bibles to Judges chapter 15, Judges chapter 15, Samson is literally tied up by his own people. He's literally tied up by his own people. Samson was, was, he was, he was double crossed. Samson was double crossed. Judges chapter 15, beginning with verse 9. Beginning with verse 9. Now the Philistines went up, encamped in Judah, and deployed themselves against Lehi. And the men of Judah said, why have you come up against us? So they answered, we have come up to arrest Samson to do to him as he has done to us. Then 3,000 men of Judah went down to the cleft of the rock at Edom and said to Samson, Do you not know that the Philistines rule over us? What is this you have done to us? And he said to them, As they do to me, so I have done to them. But they said to him, We've come down to arrest you that we may deliver you into the hand of the Philistines. Then Samson said to them, Swear to me that you will not kill me yourselves. So they spoke to him saying, No, but we will tie you securely and deliver you into their hand, but we will surely not kill you. And, and they bound him with two new ropes and brought him from the rock. When he came to Lehi, the Philistines came shouting against him. Notice, then the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and the ropes that were on his arms became like flax that is burned with fire, and his bonds broke loose from his hands. Do you notice how Samson's bonds broke loose? Do you notice how he broke loose from these new ropes? The Spirit of the Lord came upon Samson. God has Samson's back over and over and over again. God delivers Samson the strength. He delivers to Samson the strength to overcome all the obstacles that are in his way. And notice 
the, the help Samson receives throughout his life. If you have your, uh, if you have your handout, you can follow along in your handout. Uh, if you're in Judges, though, you can turn back to just Judges chapter 13. It's not very far away. I'm, it's kind of a mixture. I've given out handouts, and you're going to see uh, scriptures on the screen, and you're going to have scriptures in your, in, in you know, in your uh, handout as well. So the, I've got all three going there. Judges chapter 13, verse 25. And the Spirit of the Lord began to move upon him at Manha, Dan, near Zorah, and Eshtol. Judges 14, verse 4. But his mother and father did not know that it was of the Lord that he was seeking an occasion to move against the Philistines. For at that time, the Philistines had dominion over Israel. The first scripture I read in Judges 13, that was when he was born and he was growing up. In Judges 14, he was going to get his wife and his mom and daddy were saying, Oh, don't go get that woman. She's, how can you go get her? She's not a, she's, she's of the uncircumcised people. But he did, they didn't know that it was of the Lord. Look at Judges 14, verse 9. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon him mightily, and he went down to Ashkelon and killed 30 of their men and took their apparel. Look at Judges 15, verse 14. When he came to Lehi, the Philistines came shouting against him. Then the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. Do you notice how the Spirit of the Lord is with Samson wherever he goes? The Spirit of the Lord is providing the strength that Samson needs to get by. In the life that he has. Even with the Spirit of the Lord, the rejection of his people had to hurt, though. I mean, he was tied up by his own people. They were not going to even protect their own. I mean, Samson was their own. They came against Samson with 3,000 men in verse 11. Why couldn't they have used those 3,000 men to fight the Philistines with? His own people tied him up. How hard that must have been for him. It was terrible. This reminded me of of Jesus. Jesus was despised. Jesus was rejected by his own people. Notice, if you'll turn over in your Bibles, notice in Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6. I'll give you time to turn there. Mark chapter 6, verses 1 through 6 is where we're going to begin. Jesus, he's going home. Jesus goes home. And notice how his, his own people treat him. Mark chapter 6, beginning with verse 1. Uh, when he came out from there and came to his own country, and his disciples followed him, and when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which he was given to him, that such mighty works are performed by his hands? Is this like the carpenter, the, the son of Mary, and the brother of James, Joses, uh, Judas, and Simon? Are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. They were offended at Jesus. His own people were offended at him. Notice verse 4, But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. Now, he could do no mighty work there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. Then he went about the villages in a circuit teaching. Jesus' own people were offended by him. How hurtful that must have been to, to Jesus. I mean, he was human. He wasn't human. God, but he was God in human form. How, 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 how hurtful that must have been. Have you ever been reje- rejected and despised by your own people? Have you ever been that way? Your own people, your own flesh and blood. Have you you ever been rejected and despised by them? 
Well, then maybe you know how Jesus felt. Maybe you know how Samson felt now. Jesus was not only despised and rejected by his people, but he was debased and he was condemned by his people and others. Turn over to Mark chapter 14. Mark chapter 14, verse 65. Mark chapter 14, verse 65. Jesus is on trial here. Then some began to spit on him and to blindfold him and to beat him and say to him, Prophesy! And the officers struck him with the palms of their hands. I've been spit on before. I've been spit on before. I was playing football for Dixon County. I was a cougar playing football for Dixon County. I was a sophomore and we went to, with your cousin, he would have been playing in this game as well. He would have got spit on in this game. Ask him if he remembers this when you go to the reunion. We were going to Franklin High School. We played Franklin High School. And we, we went into the stadium and as we came into the stadium we had to go by their student section. And these guys with big old wads of tobacco juice just spit on us. And I remember seeing Brian Kimbrough, who played for the University of Tennessee in the Sugar Bowl and won the Sugar Bowl later on when he went to college. I remember seeing this big brown stain on his helmet. It ain't too good to get spit on. Makes you mad. I've been slapped before too, and that ain't no better. That ain't no better. Jesus was beaten. He was spit on. He was blindfolded. But to be done that way by people that you're about to give potential salvation to must have been even harder. He just made us mad, made us play better. Jesus was about to die for the whole world, even those who spit on Him, even those who smacked Him with an open palm. Look over at at Mark chapter 14, verse 66. My Lord was strong. I want you to see how strong my Lord is. Not only was He rejected by those who really didn't know Him very well, but He was rejected by His closest friends. Now, as Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came, and when she saw Peter warming himself, she looked at him and said, You also were with Jesus of Nazareth. But he denied it, saying, I neither know nor understand what you're saying. He went out on the porch, and a rooster crowed. And the servant girl saw him again and began to say to those who stood by, This is one of them. But he denied it again. And a little later, those who stood by said to Peter again, Surely you are one of them, for you are a Galilean, and you're speech shows it. Then he began to curse and he began to swear, I do not know this man of whom you speak. Verse 72, a second time the rooster crowed. Then Peter called to mind the word that Jesus had said to him before the rooster crows twice. You will deny me three times. And when he thought about it, he wept. The one who said that he would he would die with Jesus just a few a few chapters before this, I'll die with you, Jesus. Don't worry about that. He, he rejects Jesus. Peter ties Jesus up himself. At the trial before Pilate, turn over to uh, Mark chapter 15. At the trial before Pilate, 
The crowd was angry. There's that mob mentality that's going on. I've told you all the story about my sister and the, and the strike, the union strike. Didn't I? I told you. Some of you hadn't heard it. I'll tell you it again. Uh, I, I was working at Tensico. I was going to school at, at, uh, at David Lipscomb. I was working at Tensico at night, uh, the 3.30 to 12 shift, and uh, they had a strike. The union struck. So I joined the union. I grew up union, so I joined the union. All right? And so I'm standing outside, and I bring my 16-year-old sister. You've met Rianne. She's been here before. I bring my 16-year-old sister with me just so she can see what a strike is like. And there are hundreds of guys who are striking out in the parking lot, and there's only six guys going in the, into the building through a, through a locked gate, uh, and they're going in together. In one car. And people are shouting at them. And I can't repeat the things that were said to those men. People they had worked side by side with. And they're just shouting at them and screaming at them. And I was just standing there looking at it all. And all of a sudden I look over and there's my sister. And she's shouting and screaming just like the rest of them. She didn't have a dog in the hunt. She was just 16 years old. Didn't work there. Didn't even know these people. But that mob mentality had got a hold of her. And she was screaming just like the rest. Can you imagine? Can you see it? Can you see yourself getting caught up in that mob mentality when everybody's saying, crucify him, crucify him? And just a few days before, maybe you were one of those that laid the palm leaves at his feet. Mark 15, verse 13. So they cried out again, crucify him. Then Pilate said, wow, what evil has he done? But they cried out the more, crucify him. So Pilate, wanting to gratify the crowd, released Barabbas to them, and he delivered Jesus after he had scourged him to be, to be crucified. And then at the crucifixion, Mark chapter 15, verse Verse 16, just, just listen to this or read it with me. Mark chapter 15, verse 16. See how despised and debased our Lord was. Then the soldiers led him away into a hall called the Praetorium, and they called together the whole garrison. And they clothed him with purple, and they twisted a crown of thorns, put it on his head, and began to salute him, Hail, King of the Jews! And they struck him on the head with a reed and spat on him, and bowing the knee, they worshipped him. And when they had mocked him, they took the purple off him, put his own clothes on him, and led him out to crucify him. Then they compelled a certain man, Simon, a Cyrene, the, the, the father of Alexander and Rufus, as he was coming out of the country and passing by to bear his cross. And they brought him to the place Golgotha, which is translated place of a skull. Then they gave him wine mingled with myrrh to drink, but he did not take it. And when they crucified him, they divided his garments, casting lots for them to determine what every man should take. Now it was the third hour and they crucified him, and the inscription of his accusation was written above, the king of the Jews. With him they also crucified two robbers, one on his right and the other on his left. So the scripture was fulfilled, which says, and it was numbered with him the transgressors. And those who passed by blasphemed him, wagging their heads and saying, Aha! Aha, you who destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself and come down from the cross. Likewise, the chief priests also mocking among themselves with the scribe says, He saved others. Himself he cannot save. Let the Christ, the King of Israel, descend now from the cross that we may see and believe. Even those who were crucified with him 
reviled him. This whole time, Jesus is being, being crucified like Samson. Jesus was double-crossed. Jesus was despised. He was debased. And like Samson, Jesus broke the bonds of death. He defeated death. He defeated sin. The Hebrew writer says, Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 9, but we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels, for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, might taste death for everyone. And, and Peter, when he preaches his first sermon, Acts chapter 2, verse 32, he says, This Jesus God has raised up, of which we are all witnesses, therefore being exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this which you now see and hear. For David did not descend into the heavens, but he says to himself, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies my footstool. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified both Lord and Christ like Samson like Jesus we are being or we have been or we will be double crossed we will be despised and we will we will be debased we'll be tied up by our own people we'll be tied up by our own people by defending the faith Jude 3 says, Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to all, once for all delivered to the saints. Why? Why was he supposed to do that? Well, Jude 4, for certain men have crept in unnoticed who long ago were marked out for this condemnation, ungodly men who turn the grace of God into lewdness and deny the only Lord and God of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, we will all face persecution and we're every one of us as Christians asked to defend the faith. We will all face persecution and know this, the persecuted are blessed. Look at Matthew chapter 5, verse 11. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my name's sake. If they spit on you and they hit you with an open hand, whatever they do to you, you're blessed. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. But Jesus warns this. He warns this in John chapter 15, verse 20. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will, they will keep yours also. The Lord gave this advice to the twelve. He gave this advice to the twelve apostles when he sent them out in Matthew chapter, Matthew chapter 10. This has been left for us as a guide for the persecution that we may face as Christians. Look at Matthew chapter 10, Matthew chapter 10 beginning with verse 16. When he's sending these disciples out, this is a longer passage, I'm going to be reading until uh, verse 39. Uh, he, when he's sending these disciples out, he, he wants them to understand what they're about to get into. Okay? They're about to get into some, some hard times, some hard mess. All right? We as Christians today, we face the same things these guys face. 
and they're teaching us through the Scriptures. God is teaching us through the Scriptures how we are to handle some of these things that we're going to face. Notice in Matthew chapter 10, uh, verse 16, Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Amen. There's lots of wolves out there. And as sheep, we've got to go in amongst them, don't we? Therefore, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. That's a, that's a sermon in itself. Verse 17, But beware of men, for they will deliver you up to councils and scourge you in the synagogues. You will be brought before governors and kings for my sake as a testimony to them and to the Gentiles. But when they deliver you up, do not worry about how or what you should speak, for it will be given to you in that hour what you should speak. Now, the Holy Spirit was going to come upon them, but we as Christians, you see, we have the Scriptures. We can know exactly what to say because we have the Scriptures that have been given to us by God, so we know exactly what to say in any situation that we come into. Verse 24, it is not you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father who speaks. Now, brother will be delivered up, uh, will deliver up brother to death, and a father his child, and children will rise up against their parents and cause them to be put to death. And you will be hated for all for my name's sake. But he who endures to the end will be saved. When they persecute you in this city, flee to another. For surely I say to you, you will not have gone through the cities of Israel before the Son of Man comes. A disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for a disciple that he be like his teacher and a servant like his master. If they called the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more will they call those of his household? Therefore do not fear them. For there is nothing covered that will not be revealed and hidden that will not be made known. Whatever I tell you in the dark, speak it in the light. And whatever you hear in the ear, preach it on the housetops. And do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Verse 29, are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin? And not one of them falls to the ground apart from your Father's will. He's telling us as Christians, God's going to take care of us if we're in Jesus Christ. God's going to take care of us. I'm going to ram this home here in just a minute. I promise you. We're going to get this, get this home in just a second. Verse 30. Be, and, and remember these verses that I'm reading when we talk about being in Christ and having the Spirit of Christ. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, him I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. That's a promise to us as Christians. If we confess Jesus before others, he will confess us before God. And that didn't, just doesn't stop in the, in, when, when, you, when someone takes your confession. Like Matt did for Peyton this morning. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God? Yes, she believed that. That's wonderful. Confession saves just as much as baptism does. But we don't stop confessing our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ after we get baptized. We've got to continue to do that as, as, we, as we live this Christian life. Don't think that I came to bring peace on the earth, 34. I did not come to bring peace but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's enemies would be those of his own household. If you can think of being persecuted, to me that's the worst persecution. That's the worst persecution, to be persecuted by my own family. Those people that I love, just like Jesus was and just like Samson was. We'll be persecuted the same way. People we've loved and we've known for years. They tie us up. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take his cross and follow after me 
is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it. And he who loses his life for my sake will find it. That, that paradigm there, that paradox there uh, is it, so true. We've got to lose our life for Jesus' sake. We, like Samson and Jesus, have been given by God the strength to overcome. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14 says, Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 7, We're not left as orphans. Christians, it says we have these treasures in earthen vessels. We, we, we tell the gospel, and it, it's in earthen vessels that the gospel is proclaimed, that the excellence of the power may be of God and, and not of us. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. I, it was the perfect song, Tim. Where are you, Tim? Where'd you go? Perfect song. I need thee every hour. Oh, how true that is. I love that song. I need the Lord every hour. Like Samson, we Christians have been given help by God, for we have, we have the Spirit. We have the Spirit of Christ. With the Spirit of Christ, we have, can, and will get through the things that would make a strong man weep. For the Christian, the Spirit of Christ is a must. We've got to have the Spirit of Christ if we're going to call ourselves Christians. It says in Romans chapter 8, verse 9, But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ... He is not His. If you don't have... Do you know what the Spirit of Christ is? If you don't have it, you're not His. We need to have that Spirit of Christ. It's, it's a must. Jesus is our example. His mind is to be our mind. Philippians chapter 2, verses 5-8. through 8, Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, and coming in the likeness of men, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death of the cross. Christ was God in the flesh and could do many things that we can't, he could walk on water. I can't do that. He could raise the dead. I can't do that. He could heal sick people. I can't do that. He could do many things that, that I can't do. But there are many qualities of Jesus Christ that we can attain to. As we just read in Philippians, Christ led a, a humble life. He led a life of humility. So we must be humble. Jesus was obedient John chapter 6, verses 38 and 39. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of Him who sent me. This is the will of the Father who sent me, that all that He has given me I should lose nothing, but should raise it up on the last day. So he, he not only was He obedient, but this same verse shows that Christ was submissive. We must be obedient and we must be submissive if we're going to have the Spirit of Christ. Jesus loved everyone, John 3, 16. 
He even loved his enemies. He taught us to do the same. It says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 43, You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I, I say to you, love your enemies and bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute. But that's hard to do. Jesus, it's hard to do when our own people are the one tying us up. That's so hard to do. I know I'm with you. When the time comes and we're despised and we're rejected by our own, though, we should be glad. We should be glad. We should rejoice. Jesus, He was pure. Jesus was pure. The Hebrew writer says, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but He was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Jesus was pure, yet we all sin. We all fall short of God's glory, don't we? We all sin and fall. We're not sinless, but we can't continue in sin. In, in, in Romans chapter 5, it talks about the grace of God and how wonderful that grace is for the Christian. And then he starts Romans chapter 6, verse 1. He says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? So we just keep on sinning so we get more grace? Is that, is that what we do? Verse 2, certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Jesus had, had perfect forgiveness. Perfect forgiveness, even, even on the cross. Even when He was despised, even when He was debased, He had perfect forgiveness. Luke 23, verse 34, Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they, they do not know what they do. Even on that moment on the cross, He could forgive. We've got to be willing to do the same. If we're going to have the Spirit of Christ, we've got to be willing to forgive. Jesus had compassion. Um, turn over to Luke chapter 7. I'm not going to read this all, but I'm going to be looking at verses 36 through 50. I, I know I'm going through large tracts of Scripture today, okay? Uh, Luke chapter 7, verses 36 through 50. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to eat with him. And Jesus goes and he eats with this, with this Pharisee, okay? And... As he's eating at the table, as Jesus sat at the table, this woman came in and she had a, a jar of perfume, a jar of expensive perfume, and she starts to, to wipe Jesus' feet, to wash his feet with her tears and this perfume, and to dry it with her hair. So that's the picture you get. And, and the Pharisee makes the comment offhand and says, if he knew what kind of woman this was, he wouldn't have her in the house. He wouldn't go with this woman if he knew what kind of woman she was. And Jesus, in verse 40, he answered and said, Simon, so we know what the Pharisee's name was, I, I have something to say to you. So he says, teacher, say it. He said, there was a creditor who had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. One owned, owed an amount that he could never pay back, and the other one could have paid it back if he'd worked really hard. All right, And when they had nothing with which to repay, he freely forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him more? And Simon answers, I suppose the one who forgave more, whom he forgave more, and said, you have, you have rightly judged. Then he turned to the woman. Notice what he says. Do you see this woman? I entered your house, you gave me no water for my feet, but she's washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. You gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time that I came in. You did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore I say to you, her sins, which are many, 
are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. Then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. Why do I love my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ so much? Because I was a sinner and I was lost and he forgave me. Me, Chad Loveless, the guy who was awful, the guy who you wouldn't recognize back in the early 90s here. You wouldn't recognize that guy. He forgave me. I guess that's why I love him so much, because he forgave so much. Turn over to John chapter 8. Here's another instance where Jesus shows this compassion. He's, he's, he's gone to the Mount of Olives. He comes back early in the morning to Jerusalem. and He sits down. He's ta- te- teaching the people and the scribes and the Pharisees. They bring this woman to him and they throw her down. And she was caught in adultery. She was caught in the very act of adultery. And they're going to pick up stones and they're going to stone her. And they ask him what should be done. And he says, to, you who without sin, you cast the first stone. And it says, from the youngest to the oldest, or from the oldest to the youngest, they all leave. And Jesus said, verse 7, verse 8, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry, go to verse 10. He said to her, woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, no one, Lord. Jesus said to her, neither I can condemn you. Go and sin no more. If you, if, you're, if you know you're outside of Jesus Christ, and one time you were in Jesus Christ, and you know you're outside Jesus Christ, we have this same compassion from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in 1 John chapter 1, verses 7-9. through 9, If we confess our sins to Him, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We have that same compassion afforded to us today. Our Savior is still compassionate. We need to be compassionate people when Imperfect people, and let me tell you, the church is made up of imperfect people. When imperfect people come to us and they need help, that's who God wants us to help. Because every one of us is imperfect. None of us got it right. Jesus was willing to sacrifice. We must be willing to sacrifice. Let me add this exclamation point. We must be willing to sacrifice all. All. We've already seen how Jesus was willing to taste death for everyone. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 9. But Jesus purchased the church. Acts chapter 20 verse 28. He purchased the church not with money, but with His blood. That was the payment for the church. Jesus had a lot of courage too. The Pharisees, they already wanted Him dead, yet Jesus calls them out. In Matthew chapter 23, if you want to turn there, Matthew chapter 23, I won't be reading all of that. Six times... Six times Jesus calls those Pharisees, He calls them hypocrites. And one time, He calls them blind guides. He calls them out. Even though these were the guys that just a few chapters later are going to kill Him, He still calls them out. You're hypocrites. You're blind guides. Woe to you hypocrites. Woe to you hypocrites. Woe to you hypocrites. Woe to you blind guides. Jesus had a lot of courage. In John chapter 19, Jesus died on the cross knowing what awaited Him. That He would become our sin. What courage that took. He did that for us. 
He did that for us. The example of the must-have Spirit of Christ would not be complete, though, without prayer. Jesus prayed, and Jesus taught us to pray. Matthew chapter nine, excuse me, Matthew chapter six, verses nine through thirteen. In this manner, therefore, pray our Father which art in heaven. Y'all know this. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debtors, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And I'm mixing versions here, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Right? We know that. Jesus taught that to us. He taught us to pray. Jesus gives us example after example. And if we're going to have the Spirit of Christ, we've got to be a praying people. In John chapter 17 is what I really call the Lord's Prayer because Jesus prays for himself, he prays for his apostles, and he prays for each and every one of us. He, he says in verse 20, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may also be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. Do we have the courage? Will we make the sacrifice? Can we have the compassion? Will we forgive? Can Can we be pure enough? Can we love enough? Can we be submissive enough? Can we be obedient enough and have enough humility to be one with each other? Can we do that? Jesus leaves us that example today, that Spirit of Christ. and That's a must-have for us. We've got to have it. Without it, we're lost. Samson benefited in his defense of the children of Israel from the Spirit of God. And we can benefit in our defense of the gospel with the Spirit of Jesus Christ. We need to all be wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in Jesus. Y'all know what's coming next, don't you? Y'all know what's coming next. Stand up, if you will. Everybody stand up, if you don't mind. Stand up. Here's the words to this song. Y'all know the motion? You know the motion? I'm all wrapped up. I'm all tied up. I'm all tangled up in Jesus. I'm all wrapped up. I'm all tied up. I'm all tangled up in God. I'm all wrapped up. I'm all tied up. I'm all tangled up in Jesus. I'm all wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in God. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're supposed to do it faster. I won't do that. I'll let y'all sit down, okay? I had to practice on that. I never can get my arms right on that part. I had to really practice on that part. That's who we need to be wrapped up in. That's who we need to be tied up in. Are you tied up? Are you tangled up in Jesus? If we're tied up in Jesus, it doesn't matter what anybody else does to us. That should be our focus. When we do God's will, we'll go to heaven. John chapter 7, verse, excuse me, Matthew chapter 7. Verse 21, if we confess Christ and defend Him, Matthew chapter 10, verse 32, if we confess Christ and defend Him, He will confess us before our Father. There are great things prepared for the faithful. There are great things prepared for those who have the Spirit of Christ. If you've ever been double-crossed, if you've ever been despised, if you've ever been debased, or asked to defend Jesus Christ, here's, here's your promise. John chapter 14, verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. 
you're subject to the Lord's invitation, if you could be baptized today, or if you could be restored today, if you want to have that spirit of Christ, come right now. As together we stand and sing.